Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We're going through 1 Kings. Mm-hmm. And we've been going along here, um, seeing this wonderful, peaceful kingdom. Yes. Uh, with all the glory of God, mm-hmm. with Solomon building a house for God and yes. how beautiful it is. And yes. uh, last time we talked about, um, I believe, Queen of Sheba. Coming to visit. Ended the Queen of Sheba and then uh, went into all these things that Solomon's been doing wrong. Right. We really saw a turn. Yeah. Because up until now, it seems like Solomon has been doing what God wanted him to do. At least by the way it's written. Right up to the beginning of chapter nine, I think we get, we definitely get that impression. Right. Yeah. And, but now we're seeing him accumulate wealth. And marry foreign god, uh, foreign women, mm-hmm. and so he's worshiping foreign gods mm-hmm. and acquiring horses from Egypt. Yes, um, so these it's are the three all things. the things that in Deuteronomy seventeen mm-hmm. it says the, king must the kings not can't do. do. Yeah, must not do. And so we ended on kind of an ominous note last time, right at the end of chapter uh, eleven, verse eight, after we had talked about the wives and uh, building all of these different temples to their gods. And certainly his heart has gone astray. It is not holy to the Lord, holy, true to the Lord anymore. Um, So, yeah, we're in a bad position. Very sad to see because if you've never read it before and you don't know any of the story, Mm -hmm. then I think you would have felt great hope Mm -hmm. up until now. Yeah. Yep. And, um, so I think we'll need to start now in 11, 9 through 13. We'll just read okay. this part right here um, and listen to how, uh, listen to what it is that, you know, God has to say about it. Okay. So. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your practice, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. Okay, so here comes God. God's going to speak to him again, appear to him again, um, speak to him again. God has appeared to him twice already, we're told in so verse 9. And we third know time. what those are. Yeah, exactly. We know exactly where those are. Those are in chapter 3 and chapter 9. Mm-hmm. So this is the third time. And he has warned him each time with about what he expects from him and mm-hmm. what yeah. will happen. So That's right. Very clear with him about what he expects. Mm-hmm. And walking like his father David, keeping his heart wholly true to Yahweh. This is the big thing. Let's not lose sight of that. As we're going through Kings, covenant faithfulness is the uh, major judgment principle around which everything else revolves are right. is the king covenant faithful or not so so here we so have proven that not he showing up and saying, you haven't been that's right mm-hmm. you've not been um and so this is the problem god is addressing him very clearly about it and saying that he will actually tear the kingdom out of the hand of solomon's son because of it he mm-hmm. won't do it in solomon's day 
everybody will, you know, tear the. Even though this is exactly what we would expect if we've been reading, uh, Mm -hmm. he's told him this Mm -hmm. is what's going to happen. That he's going to tear the kingdom out from away from him. Yep. Yep. But there's a lot of grace here Mm -hmm. as well because it's not really as harsh as it could be. Right. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be the whole kingdom that's going to be torn out of his dynasty's hands and yet he's very clear uh, in verse 13 however i will not tear away all the kingdom but i will give one tribe to your son for the sake of david my servant for the sake of jerusalem that i have chosen oh, okay. still offer the sake of david so yeah. who he's connected to yeah uh, he yeah. isn't even going to do it during solomon's day mm-hmm. he's going to do it during his son's time right and he's still going to give that son one mm-hmm. tribe Yes, one tribe. The tribe of Judah actually is the one that's going to stay with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is not, you know, not what anybody had hoped and certainly not what Solomon it's not foresaw. And yet he knew God had been really clear with him about how things had to go. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't kept his heart true. So God's going to uh, going to use whatever means necessary, whatever means of God's choice mm-hmm. to bring it about. Turns out we're going to have to find out what those... Choice it's interesting is. language uh, tears the kingdom away from you yes so, yeah it is yeah. Um, it is interesting um so and then it's going to come up again yeah <laughs> we'll talk about it more later Tearing's going to come up yeah um well let's uh let's move on and we will look at this first piece that tells us about how god ha- is working to bring about a fulfillment of this judgment prophecy that he's made so verse 14 through 22 let's read that okay and the lord raised up an adversary against solomon hadad the edomite he was of the royal house of edom for when david was in edom and joab the commander of the army went up to bury the slain he struck down every male in edom for joash or joab sorry and all Israel remained there six months until he had cut off every male in Edom. But Hadad fled to Egypt together with certain Edomites of his father's servants, Hadad still being a little child. They set out from Midian and came to Paran and took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house and assigned him an allowance of food and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Toppenes, Toppenes the queen, and the sister of Toppenes bore him uh, Genubath, his son, whom Toppenes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And Genubath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart that I may go to my own country. But Pharaoh said to him, What have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country? And he said to him, Only let me depart. Mm. Okay. Folks, if you're not hearing something when you're reading that, um, something from before, some echoes Mm -hmm. of what's happened before, you're not paying close attention, frankly. And... There's also, of course, foreshadows of what's going to happen 
in the future because you mm -hmm. can't read one story without the other story coming to mind. Yeah. So uh, what is this, this adversary, this Satan, which is the word adversary? We're yes. going to see. In verse 14, I think that sentence there is big. Yep. And the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon. This is the first time because yes. in 5, 4, I believe it talks about he didn't have any adversaries. Mm -hmm. Yep. But now he does. Yep. Now he does. He has these satans, these, as we pronounce the word, satans, um, mm -hmm. but that's the word in Hebrew, adversary or accuser. Uh, that's who is risen up by God against Solomon during this time. He's going to raise up two satans against Solomon. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one he's going to raise very up against passage, him. It doesn't right. use the term satan, but um, still very much in, uh, someone who's being used to judge Solomon. So, so first guy we have raised up is this Edomite. Mm -hmm. um, he was of the royal house in Edom. So he's born princely. You know, he's a very, he's got royalty about him, even at birth. Um, but then we don't like to think about this kind of thing. When he David was a child. And Joab, when he was a child and they took over Edom, uh, Joab went out and killed uh, all the baby, all the young males that were left in Edom. And this is, of course, to ensure that nobody raises up against them later mm -hmm. on. Very, you know, standard ancient practice to do when you're taking over yeah. a country. And so they're slaughtering young males. Um, but God saves one by taking him to Egypt and making him a part of Pharaoh's house where he gets great favor. Marries Which is interesting, into, but yeah. What's that? That's just interesting. I don't know. So, we don't know how that happened. But, yeah, don't even know. Not but he even did find favor. Happened. Yeah. I mean, they were of the Royal House of Edom, probably had some connections with the Royal Maybe House of some. Pharaoh. Whatever connections they had um, came into play. I mean, this is all speculation, but, you know, um, however it is, he winds up in Pharaoh's house and he's treated very well, marries into Pharaoh's family, has children. Uh, has a son that is raised as among Pharaoh's sons. Right. So with a princely raising, you know, they're very much part of the family here. Mm -hmm. And so then when it's time for them to go, he basically says, let me go, uh, which is very Moses-like. Hey, it's time for me to go. Let me go. This idea of Moses coming out of Egypt. And Pharaoh says, hey, why do you need to go? And aren't things great around here? Mm -hmm. I've been as good as I can to you. And he just says, I just need to go. Let right. me go. And this is after the death of those who were trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so that it sounds very Moses-y. No way much, can we. we should I mean, Moses we've even so got much. Midian mentioned. Yep. Um, yep. It's just very, all of that, what you said, the yes. baby being weaned in the mm -hmm. uh, Pharaoh's house, mm -hmm. yep. all of that. So, yep. but this is an outsider. This isn't an Israelite. And no, it's not. So how do we see this as? Yeah you know, a Moses-like figure. Yeah, and, and the point is here that God is raising up a Moses-like figure against Solomon because Solomon has become such a Pharaoh-like figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Solomon, talked about that, that yep. he's Solomon acting more like a Pharaoh. Solomon has not been good. He has started building store cities. He has not uh, gotten rid of the Canaanite, all the Canaanites in the land that haven't been gotten rid of and um, by him and by Israel, and he's becoming more Canaanite-like. Everything is being re-Canaaniteized mm -hmm. by Solomon, who's now building temples to Canaanite gods. Right. Uh, right. We and read so about the very that thing last they week. should have gotten away from. So multiple gods, 
building store cities, acquiring horses from Egypt, Solomon is becoming another Pharaoh. Okay. And so God is raising up a Moses because that's how he deals with Pharaohs. Mm. And so we're seeing a Moses figure being raised up, which of course points us forward to a Jesus figure. Right. There's no Moses. doesn't mean that he was a good person, but it no. just is God is using him no. to judge Solomon. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I can imagine he must have been a really angry and bitter man mm -hmm. because he saw all this destruction yeah. as a child. Yeah. That's so, what I would think too. He was blaming it on very bitter David's family. So, yeah, I would think so. Okay. Uh, wow. Um, so that's the first one we have. Uh, and then let's go on. I think we'll read 23 through 25 and we'll hear about the second Satan, the second adversary that God raises up against Solomon. Okay. God also raised up an adversary to him. Reason, the son of, El of Eliada, who had fled from his master, Hadadezer, king of Zobah. And he gathered men about him and became leader of a marauding band after, killing, killing, after the killing by David. And they went to Damascus and lived there and made him king in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, doing harm as Hadad did. And he loathed Israel and reigned over Syria. Hmm. Yep. So another person with a grudge from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Reason, uh, reason means prince. His father's name, Eliada, means God knows. Mm -hmm. So he's the prince, the son of God knows. Uh, and so, or my God knows, you could even say. Um, this is, as we listen to it, he uses David's name in here, obviously, when he's talking about him. Um, and Obviously, he is, he would be upset with David. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's what's happening. But, but this is interesting because I have a prince who's in the house, apparently in the house of his master and his master gets upset with him. And then he has to run away from this master's house. Still a prince, but mm -hmm. has to run away from the master Hadadezer's house and then he gathers these men about him and become and they become a marauding band after the killing by David. And they went to Damascus and lived there and made him king in Damascus. This little marauding man group makes him their king. As you'll you'll be our king. And uh and he was an adversary. He was a Satan of Israel all the days of Solomon doing harm as Hadad did. So who does this sound like? Well, it sounds like David. It sounds who like was David. in the house of Saul. Oh my goodness. And had a marauding band. And mm -hmm. uh, Yep. Had to run away from the house of Saul. First he lives with him for a while, but he has to run away from him because Saul gets upset with him. And then all these group of guys kind of swarm to him and follow him around and they become a, you know, little army of their own. Um, wow. This, and they kind of, they're, he's their king. Uh, and so those, this very sounds very Davidic. So, so now we've seen him. Go so ahead. God is raising up a David to mm -hmm. a Saul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In other words. Yep. To us to come against a bad leader. Yep. Exactly. Raising <coughs> up a David to come against a bad leader. Uh, so we've seen a Moses raised up and a David figure raised up here as adversaries against Solomon. Okay. So. Now we'll go to our last piece, which is going to be our longest piece. We'll go read verse 26 through 43, and then we'll talk about this last one that is raised up. 
Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and Ephraimite of Zerida, the servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the millow and closed up the breach of the city of David, his father. The man Jeroboam was very able, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. And at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite found him on the road. Now Ahijah had dressed himself in a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Ahijah laid hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and will give you ten tribes, but he shall, but he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jer Jerusalem, the city that I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, uh, Chemosh, the son of the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. And they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in, the, in my sight, and keeping my statutes and my rules, as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will take make him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David my servant, whom I chose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of the son's hand, and will give it to you, ten tribes. Yet to his son I will give one tribe, that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. And I will take you, and you shall reign over all that your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel. And if you will listen to all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commandments, as David, my servant, did, I will be with you. And will build you a sure house as I built for David. And I will give Israel to you. And I will afflict the offspring of David because of this. But not forever. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam. But Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt to Shishak, king of Egypt. And was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon and all that he did in his wisdom are they not written in the book of the Acts of Solomon? In the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father. And Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his place. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was kind of a quick ending there. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, good stuff, though. Great. Um, uh, interesting as far as this chapter goes not good in the sense of what's happening to israel mm, here unfortunately no. um so in verse 26 we're introduced to this jeroboam figure uh someone we haven't met until now um and he is liked by solomon at first solomon yeah they don't seem pleased. to have a adversarial mm -mm. relationship From in fact beginning. he sees that He's Solomon sees that Jeroboam is a hard worker. Yep. And puts him as head over all the forced labor. That's right. Yep. It was just when this prophet Ahijah came. Right. 
And and probably, you know, I'm going to say that Jeroboam, it's not unlikely that he did see some issues that were going on, mm-hmm. felt some tension with those under him, that they were being forced to work too hard. That right. That maybe Solomon had problems. his boot on their neck. And, uh-huh. and they are the ones who are going to want him back to help them first try to negotiate with Rehoboam, it seems, and then to be their king whenever that doesn't work out. So as a, so as a supervisor slash boss, they like him and he gets close to them. That seems obvious. There's something there. Um, but Solomon liked him initially too and put him over all this work. Mm-hmm. Well, then this leads to, this is what leads to him, you know, being sympathetic toward them and then moving a little bit against Solomon. And then Ahijah shows up and I think God just uses that, all those, you know, feelings and mm-hmm. and occurrences and uses that as a way to um, facilitate his will uh, upon Solomon and his house. So, and it takes us right back to the first part that we read today mm-hmm. in 9 through 13 about the tearing the kingdom from you. It does. And that's exactly, he's tearing this garment up. Yep, yep. Ahijah comes and meets him on the road. Uh, and so whenever he does, he starts talking to him uh, about the fact that God is going to use him to rip, tear the tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give it to him. Mm-hmm. So he's worn this new garment out to meet him, and he rips the new garment, which he uses the word garment a couple of times. He rips mm-hmm. it into 12 pieces, gives 10 to Solomon. No, to uh, Jeroboam. Or, I'm sorry, to Jeroboam, and then keeps holds one back. For Solomon's house, which it says one, but yes, we know it's two. And so if anybody's wondering out there what's happening is. um, It is confusing. Yeah, it gets confusing (laughs) to us. We're always like, wait, there's 12 tribes. Yes, there is. But the thing that happened was uh, Benjamin is almost destroyed during the time of the judges. At the end of the, by the end of the judges, Benjamin's barely there anymore. As a matter of fact, they almost wiped them out themselves. Civil war, they were almost completely wiped out. Only the mercy of the their fellow tribesmen gave them a chance to survive. And so they kind of get swallowed up by Judah at that point. They're mm-hmm. just little bitty next to Judah. There's hardly any left. They kind of get so swallowed up. So all we up. really hear about is the tribe of Judah, but Benjamin but is kind Benjamin of in is there. part of that. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> Benjamin is part of that. And we're going to hear that name mentioned still later on Benjamin in association. It's just in this Judah. part, it's very confusing. He tears his garment into 12 pieces. Yeah. He says, you take 10 and he, he'll have one. And yeah. we don't know what happened. <laughs> we're to the like, other what? Wait, there's yeah. another trial. Um, but yeah, there is. And it's Benjamin. And yeah. he repeats himself here. So it yeah. seems like at one point he could have explained that. But... Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't. <laughs> now the wordplay in here that is so interesting is this word garment, which is used in 29 and 30. The word garment there is Salma in Hebrew, S-A-L-M-A-H. Okay. Interestingly enough, those are the exact four consonants in the exact right order of Solomon's name. Shlomo mm. is really how you pronounce Solomon in Hebrew. So Shlomo, turns out, has a divided heart. That's what God has already told him. We found out his heart is not wholly true. W-H-O-L-L-Y. His heart is not wholly true. His heart is now divided between Yahweh and these other gods. So now the kingdom is being divided and it is being represented in this garment, which is being torn. Solomon's heart has been torn. 
guess what? The kingdom will be torn now away from Solomon and the garment is torn into 12 pieces. The Salma is torn just like Solomon has been torn. Solomon's heart has been torn. Hmm. Uh, and so the Salma That's is it. torn and it's given 12 pieces into the hands of, of all people, this Jeroboam, uh, who, who is just, who's a person outside of the royal line. He's not a part of the royal line. He's an Ephraimite. Um, so, right. you know, we're like not expecting this guy to be king. But yeah, I wonder exactly he, how, how he was feeling because that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, but the promise that's made to him is if you act well and do right and do like my servant David, mm -hmm. I'll give you a sure house. I'll build you a sure house as I built for David. In verse, uh, in verse 38 says this, I'll build you a sure house. There's a great promise given to it. But his heart isn't going to stay true either. That's going to be our mm -hmm. problem. That uh, we're going to see that his heart is just as bad as everybody, mm -hmm. every other person's heart. But once he, gets he has power. a chance. He, he has a choice chance. here. Yeah, it too. is interesting. It's put in his lap. You, you, you can have a sure house. You can have mm -hmm. a kingdom that continues. He's telling uh, him the same things he told Solomon. Mm -hmm. You yes. know, if you will do these things, mm -hmm. but Solomon didn't, and now. Let's and see what Jeremiah. Yeah, now we want to see what Jeroboam's going to do. Maybe, maybe this will be better. That's and our, I, that's our hope. And I think we have that. I think we have a legitimate reason to hope here at the beginning. Um, we we mm -hmm. also have him. By the way, it says in verse forty again. This sounds like you told me right as you read it the very first time, um, or when we were reading it together. Not your very first time, but certainly <laughs> when we were reading it together as we were studying. Verse 40 sounds all of a sudden very Jesus-like to us. Right. Solomon sought, therefore, to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, to Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. In other words, the one who was trying to kill him, the king who was trying to kill him. Well, that's all very Jesus-like right there. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of Moses-like. Right. It's also, you right. know, so They're all... Which, which all, yeah, right. all of these actually Out of Egypt, I have called my son. Right. Yeah. The Moses, the Moses likeness points to Jesus. The David likeness points to Jesus. And then here we have another one where it's very Jesus sounding. Um, it has a little because he's hint back a, a king is trying other. to kill him, and he flee, flees to yeah. Egypt and waits there until the king, king dies, dead, which is exactly what happened to Jesus as yep. a little boy. So exactly. And then when he does return, we're going to see even more. We're not done with his Jesus likeness yet, actually, um, because we're going to see it as we get into chapter 12. Where we are definitely not done with it. It's it's interesting how the words come together in chapter 12. So Rehoboam, we have some pretty good expectations of. We'd love to see mm -hmm. something good happen through him that could be beneficial for the kingdom, uh, even though. Are, you know, we know he's not part of David's line. And so we don't know how this necessarily works out, but right. maybe it could work out for the best. But we know um, that God uses the people he uses. And mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't fit the pattern that we think it's supposed to. Yep. So I do have hope when I read this. Yeah. If I if yep. I don't know the rest of the story, I have hope. Right. Uh, that this could work out. Yeah. Yeah. And his name, Jeroboam, actually means let the people increase. Hmm. Let the people increase or let the people contend, it could be. Uh, and so he is kind it's of related to Joseph, a contentious name. group against the, yeah. But it also has a, a yeah, similar, just kind of a Joseph type idea too. Joseph's name meant multiply. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's, uh, um, we're, we're hopeful right now. We're hopeful that something can come about 
in a positive way for the kingdom. Maybe, maybe they can get back up, back on track. Uh, uh, but we've got to watch and see what we mainly have though here. We have two who are raised up, two adversaries, two satans who are raised up from the outside. Mm-hmm. One Edomite, one uh, from Hadadezer, you know, one from the same house as Hadadezer on the other hand. Um, and so, and then we've got uh, in Syria, and then we've got one uh, who was raised up from the inside. Jeroboam mm-hmm. will come up. And, from it, within. and it doesn't call him a Satan. It just it, says it he lifted up his hand against the king. Right. So doesn't that's interesting. Satan. Yeah. But I see this as, this is God's pattern for dealing with. It is. That's what we're seeing. His when pattern. we've gone astray, that he will bring in a Jesus type. Yeah. Who will. Um, who will remove a bad leadership. Mm-hmm. Who will replace right. a bad leadership and hope, you know, move forward for the better. Ultimately, Jesus is the only one who can do that perfectly. So even when we see some good stuff in somebody, we still know. And I don't know that these other people, any of these were good people. Right. But God was using them. But when we listen to the way they're written about, we go, okay, but he picked the pieces that tell us they're Moses-like and they're David-like. Right. And yeah, that's what so just so that know. we'll pick up on. Oh, this is the way God's going to yeah. take care of this. This is the way He's going to take care of this problem with Solomon. Yep, yep, because this is God's he's pattern. Bad leader. This is what He does, and it all points forward to Jesus. Yes. So, and Jesus man, is gonna this is good, this good, thing. good. Stuff. And then at the very end, we get this mention of His Son, who's right. going to reign uh, after He dies. Yep. So Solomon reigned for forty years, which is interesting. Yep. And because that's exactly. How long David reigned, right? David, well, how long David reigned. And that's then right. Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his place. And I, I think we talked about how growing up, I always thought that this was Rehoboam and Jeroboam were twins or something. Right. They're not right. even related. They're not even so, related, turns yeah. out. They just have similar sounding names. Just to make it confusing. Um, yeah, this just confusing. <laughs> There's even more confusion to come. Don't be surprised. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is kind of crazy. But, yeah, we have this last little note about Solomon's reign from 41 to... 43 and now he's died and now we're going to move into Rehoboam's reign Mm -hmm. right after Solomon and then how the kingdom splits under Rehoboam. It just feels like it all went pretty quickly from Solomon's not doing what he's supposed to do and then now it's the end. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I don't know how long it was, but yeah, but chapter nine through 11, we just see the quick fall and demise. So, okay, we are going to move into chapter 12 next time. We'll be in the next generation. Watch how that goes. Hopefully something good can happen. Of course, it's very unfortunate what does happen, but we'll see. Uh, so Yeah, no spoilers. So glad, <laughs> so glad you're all listening. Uh, there is actually some more good to come in the future. Keep listening. We'll keep talking more, and we will be back with you again in just a few days. God bless everyone.